Hey, it's so good to be with you all this morning. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Uh, I know it's under crazy circumstances. And, um, and so a little over a week ago, Pastor Rick stepped into eternity. Uh, it was after a brief illness. And so it was, it was really unexpected for all of us. Uh, and it's crazy when we're confronted by eternity. So many times we like to think eternity, that's a long way away. I don't have to think about that for a long time. But really, we're confronted with eternity every single day. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't believe in coincidences. And it was months and months ago, as Pastor Rick and Pastor Jen, they were praying over 2021. And they, were, they, they, they actually had the theme of ready, ready for the trumpet, ready for adventure. And July's theme is ready to live. Right? Pastor Rick is really living now. Right? He's really living the life that we're all preaching about, that we're living for every single day. And so the, the theme verse for this whole month is found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, but sanctify uh, the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. Think about that. We're supposed to have a ready all the time of why we have hope. Right? We have hope because this life isn't what we're living for. It's not for right now. In fact, if you have your sermon outlines, and I hope you do, you can follow along with us. And the sermon outlines, they're there to help you go back through the week and, and remember what we talk about on Sunday. And you can see on your sermon outline that our theme is ready to live. We're ready to live because eternity is coming. Whether we're ready for it or we're not, eternity is coming. And so your first thing I want, I want to remind you of about eternity coming is that we need to live in a way so that my life outlives me. We need to live or living so my life outlives me. I think we can all say that Pastor Rick lived in a way that his life outlived him. Right? That we can all think about ways Pastor Rick has impacted our lives, Right? Right? And so we want to do the same thing. We want to live in a way so that our lives outlive each of us. Because we need to think about eternity. Eternity's coming, whether we're ready for it or not. And so thinking about eternity, I want to prepare you guys. I know we've all been to school, right? So many of us are still in university. Does anybody like tests? Does anybody like exams? No, right? right? My favorite exams growing up were open book tests, Right? where you could go back to your book and you could find the answer, right? I love those. Right? And so I want to kind of help you with an open book test because our lives are an open book test. That when God's preparing us for eternity, He goes ahead and He gives us the answers to the questions that are going to be on the exam. And we're all going to have to answer two questions. So Romans chapter 14, verses uh, 10 through 12, it gives us... Um, kind of foreknowledge of what the, what the questions are going to be asked. It says, you then, why do you judge your brothers or sisters? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Everyone is going to stand before God's judgment seat. No one gets a free pass. We all have to stand before God. And it's written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account 
of ourselves to God. Now, I think it's awesome. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess, right? And I want to be able to give the right account to God. When every knee is bowed and every tongue is confessing, I want to be able to give the correct answers. So we all are going to have to answer two questions. And you can see them there on your sermon outline. The first question that we're all going to have to answer is, what did you do with my son Jesus? Notice, God, this, this first question, it's not about what you did, if you were a good person, if you were moral, if your good deeds outweighed your bad deeds. No, God's going to ask us, what did you do with my son Jesus? How did you respond to Jesus? We see it in Revelation chapter 20. This is the, the, the theological portion of, of this question. This is where we get this from. Uh, John the seer says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. And the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for it. This is the first judgment, the first question we're going to have to answer ourselves. And it says, And then I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. If you've got your sermon outline, you're going to want to underline that phrase. The book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now this first judgment, it's a grace judgment. See, God never intended for us to have to pay for our sins. All right? As soon as Adam and Eve, when, when they committed the first sins and sin into the world, God had a plan. And his plan always was grace. That God wanted to take it. He wanted to pay for our sins for us. So that we didn't have to pay for our sins. And so our first judgment, it's, it's about grace. Where God reaches out to each of us. And he says, please, accept salvation. Accept my payment for your sins. So the question is, what are you doing with it? Are you accepting the free gift of salvation or are you wanting to pay for your sins yourself? Please, don't choose to pay for your sins yourself. All right? Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me on that day. Right? So as, we're, as everyone's standing before the great white throne of judgment, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. See, some people mess up and they think, well, if I'm just a good person, if I do good things, that'll be good enough. Surely God will accept me if I do good things. But here in Matthew, we see Jesus saying, no, that's not going to be good enough. You have to have personal relationship with me. You have to accept me paying for your sins. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, this is Jesus, right? So many times people, they, they get a misconception, and they think, oh, hell is a place that God sends me, sends people when he's mad at them. And that's not the case. God doesn't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. But here Jesus is saying, I'm going to have to respond to people. I'm going to have to look people in the eye and say, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So, so remember, the first question that we all need to ask ourselves is what am I doing with Jesus? 
Am I telling Jesus, no, Jesus, I don't need you to pay for my sins. No, Jesus, I don't need, I don't need you to save me. Or are we saying, Jesus, I can't do this. I can't do it by myself. I need you to save me, Jesus. And so for you Bible scholars, everybody that wants extra credit when you're studying your Bible, this is what the first about six or seven chapters of Romans talks about. Whether we accept the free gift of salvation or we try to attain salvation by works. And here we see that the answer is that we have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so in response to this first question, what did, what did you do with my son Jesus? If we're standing before God and God said, Jackie, what did you do with my son Jesus? Boss, what did you do with my son Jesus? I want your response. I want every, if you're watching online today, I want your response to be, I knew him personally. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord? Because that's the only response that God wants to hear when we stand before him. I knew Jesus personally. He was my very best friend. He was with me every day. I spent time with him every single day. God, I knew him personally. All right? Second question that, we're gonna, that God's going to ask us, right? When we're stepping to eternity, he's first going to say, what did you do with my son Jesus? And the second one, this, these, the second question is for Christians, for believers, those that have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. So you're already, you're already going into heaven. The second question is, what did you do with what I gave you? And this is key. What did you do with what I gave you? All right, for, all, for people that like to go deep in the Word, what did you do with what I gave you? We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10, the theology behind this. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Some people call this the Bema seat. Right? We're all going to appear, all Christians, all those that are going to spend eternity with God right, in the presence of our, of our Father, we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for us, for the things done while in the body, whether good or or bad. Now, I love this. So that each of us may receive what is due for us. I love how giving our Heavenly Father is. So think about this. He's planned from eternity. He wants to bless us even throughout eternity. God's ready and willing to give us things. And so that's why we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. In Matthew 16, 27, it says, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So whether good or bad, right, our actions are going to pass through the fire and we're going to have to give an account for what we've done with what God's given us. And so you might say, well, God hasn't given me anything. God has given you incredible talents and abilities. He's given you character and, 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 and personality. What are you doing with that? Right? Are you going to work every day and using what God has given you to bless those around you? Think about that. Are you going home and ministering to your family with what God has given you? Because these actions is what, is what Paul's talking about in Corinthians. Like, How are you putting into action all the gifts and talents and abilities that God's given you? 
right? And so I actually love it. This is not on your sermon outline. It's not on the screen. In Re- Revelations, it talks about how Jesus, he's coming back, his second coming, and his rewards are coming with him. Think about how generous God is. That even when Jesus is coming back for the believers, he's bringing all his rewards with him. That's how generous God is. That's how he's expecting us to be working. Because he's going ahead and telling us ahead of time, guys, I'm coming and I'm bringing all the rewards with me. It's kind of like when I go on trips. My daughter Camille, many of you guys met her this week. Camille loves it when, we go, when I go on, on business trips, right, ministry trips. Because she knows dad's bringing back toys or dad's bringing back gifts, right? Any parents in here? You know what I'm talking about, right? Come on, parents, y'all know. It's, you know, when I, when I get back home, of course, I get a hug, I get a kiss. But Dad, what'd you bring me? Dad, what are you bringing? That's what Jesus is doing right now. Jesus has gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us. And when he's coming back, he's bringing rewards, rewards with him based on what we're doing now. Think about that. So we get to greet Jesus when he comes back. Jesus, what are you bringing me? What are you bringing, Jesus? Right? And it's based on what we're doing now. So we have to get to work. So thinking it, so if we respond with the first question, I knew him personally. I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. We need to respond to this, the second question, what did you do with what I gave you? We need to respond with, I gave my life away. I gave my life away. I didn't hold anything back. I didn't say, oh, that's too precious. I'm just going to keep that for myself. Or, or that costs too much. No, we have to give our life away. There's a song about that. We could probably sing that someday, right? All right? I give my life away because it's not mine. Right? Jesus has bought us for a price. Jesus gave his own life for us. And so if Jesus would pay the ultimate price, can't we be generous just as he was generous? So we need to respond in every circumstance, in every situation. God, I'll give that. God, you can count on me. God, I'll do it. God, you just ask. I'm ready to give. But no matter what it's cost, God, I'm ready to do it. Now, many times when we're confronted by eternity, it's shocking. Right? It takes us by surprise. But Ecclesiastes tells us that God has put eternity in our hearts. And that we have to be driven by it. Ecclesiastes 3, chapter, uh, verse number 11. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in our human hearts. Right, come on now. He has set eternity in our hearts. So we have to live intentionally. We have to be ready to live. Ready to live in eternity. Right. So I'm going to give you three practical steps. How you can be ready to live. Number one. We need to be ready to give what I have, right? What's in your hands? What can you do? What are your natural gifts and talents? How can you serve the local church body? How can you serve the people you work with? How can you serve your family? What can I, can I give? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 11. You will be made rich in every way. Look at that. Do y'all know living in Italy, we are rich, Being children of God, having accepted salvation, we are beyond rich in every way. And why are we rich? So that we can be generous in every occasion. 
You ever wonder why you're here in Rome in 2021? Like, why you're working at FOA, right? Why you're studying, right? If you're on vacation, why are you on vacation here in Rome? It's for a purpose. God looked ahead in time. He says, I need Angel. I need her in Rome in 2021. Right? I have a plan. I have a purpose. If you're here on vacation, it's not just because you want to take some time off. Right? You're going to meet someone along the way that needs to hear Jesus, and that's why you're here. Because you're here to plant seeds. So give while you're here. Number two, we need to be ready to serve others. Ready to serve others. Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. We're here to serve. I, I, that's totally countercultural, right? The culture and the world around us. No, let everybody else serve you. You be the big man. You be the, the top woman, right? right? You do what you got to do to get to a point they serve you. And here Jesus is saying, serve others. I, the Son of God, right? I came to serve, so you serve others. I think, I think it was actually back in May, we had ministry sign up, right, here at ICF, right? If you didn't make it on ministry sign up, you can sign up today. That's okay, right? Jump in now and serve in your local community. Go ahead and say, hey, hey, I'll be on the cleaning team, I'll be on the serve team, I'll be on the media team, right? Jump in and start serving those around you. And then when you go home, serve the people around you. When you go to work tomorrow, serve the people around you. Number three, we need to be ready to share Christ. We're ready to give. We're ready to serve. We have to be ready to share Christ. Now, when I, I don't know about you guys. When I think about Pastor Rick, this is what I think about, right? Reaching a million people for Christ, right? If you've ever gone to lunch with Pastor Rick, you've ever walked down the street with him, the man was all about sharing Christ. That's what God wants us to be about. He wants us to be ready to share Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you all know it, super famous verse. We are Christ ambassadors. We, right? Not the pastor, not the ministry team leaders. We, if you call yourself a Christian, we are Christ ambassadors, right? That means we're, we're not of this world, right? We're ambassadors to this world. We're, we're here representing God. God is making his appeal through us. Why? And Luke chapter 14 says, Go out into the country as my ambassadors. Urge anyone you find to come so that my house will be full. Right? I, I, know we're, I know we're here because of COVID and we got empty seats. We don't like empty seats. God does not like empty seats. Right? I like having to do two services. I wish we were doing three and four and five services because that means the house is full. Right? And we're sharing Christ. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said to his followers, Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Don't leave anybody out. So hopefully you're sitting there today and you're like, This is great. I've heard something like this so many times. Why? Why do I need to be ready? I do that, right? I, I try to make sure you know, I analyze everything. Why? All right, so we're going to end with that question. Why? 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
verses 17 through 19. This is Paul talking to Timothy, a pastor, talking to someone in his, in his part, part of his church, right? Command those who are rich in this present world, right? In this present world, not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything, right, for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. It's about being ready to serve, being ready to give, being ready to share Christ, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation in the coming age. See, we're in this present world, but we're not living for it. We're living for the coming age. Why? So that we may take hold of the life that is truly life. See, this 80, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years we have on earth, it's just preparing us for the life to come. When we're really going to be living the way God always intended us to live. So why? Because there's more to this life than this life. So as you're filling that out, take a moment, think about that. There's more to this life than this life. We're preparing for eternity. We're driven by eternity. We're going we're gonna to transition into a time of prayer. I want you guys to think about that. There's more to this life than this life. Pastor Rick would tell us that this morning. Guys, eternity's coming. There's more. There's more. you got to drive. And so as we close, we're, we're going to close in prayer. And we're actually going to pray about the, first, the, the, the two questions I asked you earlier. And we're going to start with that second question. What am I doing? What am I doing with what God's given me? And so as we pray, I'm going to pray for all of us. And you can respond how you want to. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to pray that we give more. That we serve God like never before. And so let God speak to your heart about how you should respond. God, what did I, what do I, what did I do with what you gave me? God, what am I doing with what you give me? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, that, that you would call us to live for you. Call us to serve you. You'd give us talents and abilities, gifts, God, personalities. Lord, that we can live for you every single day. That when we go to work or we go to school, we're with our friends, with our family, with our colleagues, that we can serve them. God, help us to do more. God, help us to serve more. God, you've so richly given to us, Lord. God, help us to be generous with those around us. God, help us not to hold anything back, but God, to give and give more. God, to serve and serve more. Lord, to share Christ like we've never shared Christ before. Lord, that we would go out and we would compel them to come in. Lord, help us. Examine us, Lord. Help us not to get tired, Lord, when, 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 Lord, when, we, when we feel weak or we, we feel not like giving. God, speak to us through your Holy Spirit and say, hey, give some more. You can do it. I'm going to give you more just so you can give more. God, help us to be faithful every single day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we're going we're gonna to ask ourselves question number two. What did you, what have you done 
with Jesus? How have you responded to Jesus? If you're joining us online today, how have you responded to Jesus? I hope everyone here has has made Jesus their Lord and Savior. I hope that everyone has accepted His payment for your sins. But if you haven't, you can do that right now. Today can be your first day in eternity preparing for it. And so I'm going to pray in just a moment. And you can use my words if you want to. But the Bible makes it very clear and very simple for us. It says to to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It says we have to confess our sins. We have to confess Him as Lord and Savior. It says, and Romans tells us we're saved. We begin right relationship with Jesus. And so as we pray, I invite you all to pray with us. If you're online, I invite you to pray with us. You can use your words or you can use mine. But let's pray now.